Hi everyone and welcome back to the Sock Them Asia podcast. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate and an advanced Happy New Year. My name is Cassie and I am your host. I'm Carl, co-host and it's uh, it's good to hear from you again, Cassie. Yes, I agree. So we actually have a very special episode today because we don't have a guest. So it's just going to be me and Carlo today. Yeah, so we're just going to pick each other's brains and because this is of course the last episode for the year mm-hmm. uh we're trying to do a some sort of reflection yeah something that you know progressives we we like to do a lot reflect <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and look back uh because it seems nowadays that's the only thing that we'll be able to do uh, <laughs> with what's happening in the world right now but it's important for us to look back at not just uh the episodes of the past year but also the lessons that we've learned especially because a lot of our listeners here also are you know uh, participants of our different platforms uh, be it the man- political management training or mm-hmm. just listeners or party members or members of parties from the from our different networks so it's important for us to also just call the kind of lessons or the lessons that we've got the past year and i think we have how many 10 10 lessons yeah. or 10 ref- mm-hmm. points of reflections that we have yeah, so we're doing something very trendy. Uh, we're doing like a top five or a top ten because it's five for me and five for Carlos. So the kids love it. This is all over YouTube. And also, actually, you know, I'm just going to say YouTube because I think I might embarrass myself if I, talk about a pla- if I talk about a platform that I don't use. So I don't know if they're doing this on TikTok. But anyway, let's, yeah, we have, we, let's just get right into it. Yeah, we're, we're already updated. We're moving to YouTube and mm-hmm, the kids are all on mm-hmm. TikTok. All right, so uh, my number five, so I'll be going from five, five, four, three, two, one, is uh, we are right now in the middle of the dark forest. So what that has to do with being a takeaway is it's a reminder to people to have stamina. So to put this in context, um, imagine that we are in the storybook and we're in the section where the main characters have to go through the forest towards like the big event like the climax of the plot we are still in the dark forest we're still building and it could be long it could be you know not much uh it could be just like a short amount of time left until you know we get to the really exciting part which is actually terrifying to think about because i would say that these times have been very exciting already like more exciting than i care for in my life but the thing that uh, that is important for everyone to remember is to have stamina. We are running a marathon. This is not a sprint. So when you go through your daily life and some days are more difficult than others and some are better, just remember that it's a journey. It's a long journey to go and that you should conduct yourself in such a way so that you can get to the conclusion and not spend all of your energy emotional or physical or financial resources even right at this moment in time so that what that has to do with the podcast is we've actually had a lot of current events podcasts so some of them are amazing because we interview our comrades from all over the world about victories that they've experienced and others are i don't want to say that they're defeats because they're not but they are reports about setbacks so it goes back to the point to build that stamina so that's my number five 
Yeah, very great. Actually, that's a very mm. fine point about having mm. that stamina. I think that's one key takeaway that our network has been trying to say, especially for Asian social democrats, for progressives. Mm-hmm. Because for the longest time, Asia has been mostly been dominated by right-wing populists, authoritarian. So mm-hmm. if it, it, you don't have stamina in this kind of struggle, it's, you, you know... You're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, what's your number five? I'd love to hear. Um, it. my number five actually has in in connected with yours also about mm. stamina. But mm. It specifically talks about you know the stamina to see through defeats. Okay. You know, I'm, it it's it it's kind of related to yours. Just you know, having the stamina to reach that goal. But actually, it's mine is more on about the stamina to see through defeats as okay. essential part towards victory. Like, right. I, I I always think like victory is always paved with a thousand defeats, like something like mm-hmm. that. And it, mm-hmm. it really reflects with, especially with what happened, what's happening, what's happened to our Malaysian comrades, especially with mm-hmm. the last Malaysian mm-hmm. elections. We saw them mm-hmm. coming back after, you know, but they won already in 2018, uh, 2018 mm-hmm. but now they're back and they have a much more, they have an opportunity to move their country forward, but mm-hmm. also... Uh, to exact accountability from corrupt officials of the past regime, etc. Mm-hmm. And it really shows that history is really a continuous march. Like we have the tendency to look at history like a story, like there has a story arc, a plot, you know, rising. Yeah, that's the, true. Mm-hmm. But really, history yeah. is a connection, it's a continuum. Yeah, it, really, it never ends. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it never ends. Nothing, nothing. There's really no happy, happily ever after. Yeah, that's it's true. a continual struggle for for progressive, especially mm-hmm. for progressive, because the business of democracy is a never-ending struggle. Yeah, right? yeah, I agree. That's, and that's, mm-hmm. uh, I want to add on just a little bit about how you're right. So the point about it being never-ending is a reminder that you know you really have to put in the work so the thing that you said about you know like the our comrades who are now experiencing victory when they experience defeat you know like what they did after that defeat was to keep working so what i think i just want to underscore that the point that you and i are making about uh having stamina is not you know taking a beating like you know just the a bit like it's not resilience it's not the ability to take a beating but you also need to um make something positive come out of it yeah, or it needs to be yeah it needs to be a lesson yeah it needs to yeah. be a lesson agree I'm totally right so i'm gonna jump into my number four yeah, no. which is related to yours also which is oh, that God. uh we have to learn from the pockets of hope so like you were saying earlier we have our comrades in malaysia you know what they're just having an amazing time and i hope it keeps up and i know that it's hard because you know it's the doing the everyday work to maintain something that is really difficult and time changes everything so you know i just really hope that they manage to make good and durable changes that even if the regime will change or even if the administration will change they can be protected against you know the worst tendencies or like the very worst outcomes and so there that's my number four so not just to learn from the pockets of hope but to you know be be inspired the episode that we uh that we recorded with howard was so good and when i say that it was so good i don't like 
I'm not saying that it was like, you know, the perfect podcast episode, but it was so enjoyable. Like, it was a delicious episode for me as a person who lives in a country where we have yet to see our former dictators be brought to justice. So hearing Howard talk about what happened and how it happened and how the appeal was struck down and that they're really and that Rizak is really gonna go to jail. It's like, oh yummy, so good. When when will it be my turn? So there, you really have to take the victories and savor them and let them become fuel for you. Um yeah, I, I was also thinking about that because we were you know before the show we were talking about uh those kind of of pockets of like appreciating mm-hmm, those, mm-hmm. those parts, and I kind of connected mm-hmm. it. With, um, you know, looking at appreciating certain small victories, mm-hmm. it's because that's very essential for us, for progressives, not to, you know, we could we consider it small victories, but in reality, are they really small? Because sometimes small true. victories are big victories for yeah. some people. Yeah, right? like for some some people say, yeah. Uh, Okay, we're able to pass certain ordinances mm-hmm, at the local mm-hmm. level, let's say for mm-hmm. protecting farmers' rights, etc., yeah. or for LGBT people at the local level. But are really, are really, it's not those are not really small victories, but they're very big victories because it has mm-hmm. an impact on the lives of people on the ground on that very mm-hmm. area. So for them, that those are big victories. But I understand what what we're coming from having small victories. So I'd rather think that we have to see through the thread of all these victories so for, for progressive you have to see those pockets of light not just as pockets but we're able to consolidate them yes so to speak. exactly like i want to tack on to that what is a great victory what is a huge victory if not the culmination of many small ones so yeah. It, I think this is also an invitation for people to start small. Like, whatever you can do where you are with what you have, with what you know, with the people you know, start with that. Because, you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a pyramid scam for good. <laughs> when yeah. you have lots I, of people, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think there's some people who are critical of small victories. And yeah. there's some people supportive. Mm-hmm. I think I'm on the part that I'm critical of small victories that are done separately. That are okay. not done in a systemic way, right? Okay. Like they're so very palliative. But I also see that small victories can be fundamental if they're seen as part yeah. of a bigger trend. So exactly. I think I'm more of that part that pushes for small victories, for small changes, but be yeah. sure that towards you know, something a, bigger. I yeah, agree. definitely. Mm. All right, let's hear your number four. Let's hear your number four. Yeah, now. um, number four, of course. It's it's. I think one. An important part for social democrats for progressive is to see um um to see that certain weapons or certain means or certain lanes of struggles are available to us and we should be able to appreciate all lanes of struggle so of course one important lane of struggles are elections but we have to see elections not just as the be all and all of our of progressive mm-hmm. politics right so that's mm-hmm. one lesson that we learned uh, talking with different uh, speakers or different uh, guests on the show that we have to see elections as part of different struggles, a part of the, you know, our, our uh, toolkit of weapons or toolkit that mm-hmm. we can have. So one part is elections, but also very important are organizing, especially yes. in, in, in among basic sectors. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, elections can't be possible for progressives mm-hmm. if we don't organize you know yes um, right wingers yeah 
yeah, you were saying? Uh, that's gonna come up um later on in my list. I just wanna signpost that. Like I love the I love yeah. the one brain cell that we're sharing. But you were saying right wingers go on. Yeah, right wingers win not because they organize, but because you know they use money, they pay off people, etc. But we're not. Mm-mm. Of course, we won't do that. We're we're that's anathema to our politics. So how do Wait, you I have organize? a controversial I have a controversial opinion that the right does organize. However, they have the benefit ah, yeah. of quote unquote conservative organizations. And like I'm okay, this is gonna ah, get okay. spicy. It starts with a C and ends with an urch. So you know what okay. I mean? They are organized. It's just they have they have very established centers around which to organize. So enough spicy stuff. Continue. Go on. Like we don't okay. we don't pour Let's money. Have another I agree. Discussion yeah. on- Okay. Let's have another yeah. topic. Right? That's mm-hmm. a that's a whole different topic. So yeah, yeah that's yeah, one yeah. Part, part of our toolkit. There's another political communication. But mm-hmm. what is political communication? But being able to to convey our ideas and politics as the desirable politics, as the desirable ideas for organizing our society, right? Mm-hmm. So that's important for for progressive. It really, you know, for me, it really bugs me when leftist progressives try to embrace the aesthetics of being edgy mm-hmm. because it's so off-putting to a lot of mm-hmm. people like yeah. I, I, right like we can uh, there's this this is a good uh lesson i learned i forgot where i, I got it but mm-hmm. this phrase that you know uh dress like a conservative and talk like a socialist mm-hmm. so it, it, it's not there's nothing wrong being to to present the, the aesthetics to make ourselves to make our message uh um, okay. palatable so that's one way of those lanes of struggles that we have so we have to appreciate mm-hmm. all of them so I, i'm not i'm not one of those leftists who will say that you know there's one lane of struggle that's more yeah. mm-hmm. more superior to others <clears throat> you know who Lol. they are <laughs> happy new year I, merry I christmas that's be nice <laughs> there's an appreciation that all all struggles that are important so long as they you know they respect human rights they are respectful yeah. of the decency common decency of everyone I think that's okay. that's important for us yeah. i agree with the last part but i want to i want to respond to the segment about like so you being okay me and carlos new year's resolution is whenever we bring up a quote in the episode in the coming year we're going to attribute who said it because this is our sickness. We we pick up cool things to say, we read cool things, and then we bring them to the podcast, and we never remember who to attribute it to. But that quote about that quote about dress like a conservative, talk like a socialist. So I think that this is going to be good material for a coming episode. You already know that there are um, many different schools of thought. And I'm sorry, that's such a broad thing to say. But what I'm trying to say is that um, language creates reality. So I completely understand the, um, is it the diagnosis or the advice to move away from being edgy towards being palatable? Because that's how we win. And like, I am completely on board with you on that, um, on that, uh, on that point that, the camp that I belong to is I'm I I want to win. That's where that's what I want yeah. to happen. So if I need to dress like a conservative and talk like a socialist to win, I'll do it. However, that um it's of course as everything and anything, it's not above criticism. So I'm gonna uh-huh. signpost. I'm gonna put a pin in that because we can have a really amazing episode in the future about whether or not we 
by wanting to win and by adopting the uniform of the mainstream, are we, what are we, how does that help towards dismantling the status quo that we are trying to change? You know what I mean? Yeah. There. All I, right. So that's, one that's of for another yeah. episode. Yeah. That's for another episode. The, so we're going to make yeah. a note. Yeah. Is yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, what Carlo was very politely trying to say is that you should be politically active outside of election cycles. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. I think it's me or is it you now? Like it's number you. three. All right. All right. So my number three out of my top five takeaways from 2022 is everybody needs to expand their minds and everybody needs to... Um, really expand their imaginations so what does this have to do with anything because it's so general it's so broad um in the political context in the social context i think that individuals and groups they need to begin imagining the very very worst case scenarios and prepare for those and that sounds so simple but the challenge here is that you need to imagine things that are unimaginable. And that sounds insane, but I'm going to make it make sense with the next thing I'm going to say. So the example that I'm going to use is that in the United States, Roe versus Wade, which is the Supreme Court case that sets the precedent that allows women to access abortion on the grounds of like privacy, that was struck down. That was struck down by the Supreme Court. And it was struck down by a Supreme Court composed of appointees of people who, in their confirmation interviews, said that Roe versus Wade is settled law. Roe versus Wade is set precedent. And then those people, they turned around once they were appointed and they struck it down. And now access to abortion is very much more difficult for women in America. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that we would like to, or it's fine, I'm speaking for myself. We would like to think that we live in a world that is governed by rules everywhere that we go. That, you know, when you are engaging in politics, like, oh, we're not going to do this because that's so unethical. Like, we're not going to ex exploit children or put children in danger. We're not going to use dirty money. We're not going to destroy people's lives, etc. Like, you would like to think that people will abide by those rules, but something that I have observed is no, they effing don't. They do not. And for as long as you are engaged with a group that does not play by any rules, while you are playing by rules, you're going to lose. And I know that that has so many thorns that comes with it, that like I'm opening a can of worms, but... Like I said earlier, me and Carlo, we would like to start winning. <laughs> so that's my third takeaway for 2022. Yeah. You got to expand that imagination and expand that brain because a lot of the yeah. things that are happening now are, I would say, they are partly the result of a failure of imagination. We yeah. never thought that these things could happen. And now we are living through the most exciting times in all of human history. And that is derogatory. I say that in a derogatory yeah. manner. It's not a good thing. So there. Yeah. Thank you for listening yeah. to number three from me. Yeah, I, I just want to uh, point also mm -hmm. out. Go that, on. Like, yeah. Listen, some listeners might misinterpret uh, what you said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cast is on. not 
advocating like doing illegal stuff okay so ah uh, like, yes for the purposes of this podcast that is recorded that you know may or may not be held yeah. against me i'm not advocating I for think, any kind of breaking yeah, of the law what she's Thank simply you. saying is i think what we're getting behind is what we're trying to point out is we shouldn't be set too set on our ways Mm-hmm. That sometimes yeah. because the the terrain is changing, so should our tactics, our yes. strategies change? Yes. Especially for the times, and you know sometimes our our audience also change. So this also means that the kind of messages we put out doesn't always work anymore. Doesn't mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, you have to change it for the times. So especially for us, for progressives, I think it's a huge burden for us of you know. Uh, jump-starting the creative process, the imagination, so to speak. So for progressives, I, I I don't know if you agree with this, but I think for the past decades, you know, for progressives on the left, we had this really failure of imagination to construct the kind of society that we want. We've we failed to tell people the vision that we want of a society, right? For for reactionaries, for the right, for the other side, they've been very very successful. I mean. The, their vision for society is very detestable, but it's very it's very simple like, uh, policies. But at the end of the day, they're very very simple. It's their simplicity that makes makes them they makes them attracted attractive for a lot of disaffected people and for progressive. Although we're we're um, well uh, we're well meaning, sometimes we get caught by our need to overcomplicate things that some limit our capacity to imagine to imagine ways of building our society of moving forward of tacticize of doing tactics of strategizing so yeah, i think that's one key my one my key takeaway from what you just shared so you know yeah i i agree with that i agree with that uh before we started the episode portion of our session today you and i were talking about andor and again with not remembering characters and things that people said but there was a there was um a character who was talking about systems and she commented that systems either change they evolve or they die and that's so true and i think that has everything to do with what you said about not being a prisoner to your ways right now so yes correct um mm-hmm. so my third point um mm-hmm. i think it's uh not really something that reflects I'm reflecting upon but it's uh more on a trend that's happening and i think it's not uh it's still continuing that's the continuing backslide uh, of democracies across the region but mm. also across the globe and i think it's uh it's important for us to uh see it that what's happening that there's what's happening right now also speaks of a underlying crisis deeper crisis with why our democracies are failing overall mm-hmm. people are are you know this tendency for of people to trust disinformation mm-hmm. i don't think people will seek disinformation but we have to we have to understand why a lot of people see have an attraction to this kind of things or uh, attraction towards authoritarianism towards populism it, i think this speaks of um continuing crisis or continuing social economic crisis and problems that we as democrats social democrats progressives have not been able to sufficiently address and i think it's important for us to address them mm-hmm. solo while there's still some democratic space mm-hmm. um so yeah there's that's one important key takeaway especially 
if if you look at the continuing uh, cases against uh, let's just just point out the uh, example in the united states with a you know um attempted coup mm -hmm. january january 6th coup in the us uh you know if, if of, of all the places that you'd think that you'd have a coup d'etat the united states yeah, is the like that mm -hmm. if that happened then you know um we're all in for really terrible a future if we're not able to address those fundamental problems in our democracies mm -hmm. yeah just for a little bit more detail so uh the problems in our democracies you're talking about like like the social problems right so that's like yeah. access to your needs and like inequality etc you know you're absolutely right yep i agree um i have some comrades that i was that i got connected to over completely over social media so you know we follow each other on twitter or become friends on facebook and so i get this little window into the political everyday stuff in other countries that is not reported on by the news so that's actually very interesting to get like the person's eye view of what's going on in any other country and the thing that i can see is that there are some progressive parties that are getting eaten up and i in a very bad way like from the inside out so they're losing elections and they're also losing identity in that what is a progressive party if not the party that's supposed to stand for people having access to their basic needs um the group standing against things being privatized leading to poorer people not having access or even just like regular people not having access so yes you're absolutely right this is our message to the progressive parties all over the world don't forget that you exist for the people <laughs> oh, and you would think that that does not need to be repeated or that doesn't need to be uh, that's not something that you would need to remind the progressive party of. But yes, we live in that timeline. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I think it's also important that constant or regular reminders should also should oh, always true. be there. Truly, yeah. truly. There's also, I agree. It's not just a backslide of democracies, but there's also a tendency of Democrats to be how do you put it? To be complacent. Complacent. Ah. Woo! Yeah. I love that. That that's such a perfect segue because that's my number two. That's my number two. So oh, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna. That's, so let me not okay? preempt that. Is it okay? I'll just yeah. jump right into it. Okay. My yeah, number two takeaway for the year of 2022 is there is no solution except for organizing. So, we repeat it so much on the episode. Our our guests repeat it to us so much on the episode. There's no solution except organizing, and they're absolutely right. But why am I saying that? And what does it have to do with parties being complacent or lax? So the new year is coming up. The new year is coming up. And every time the new year comes around, it's always a new resolution. A resolution to lose weight, gain muscle weight, um, be promoted, something, etc. And there's also a lot of traps that exist with these resolutions because, you know, you want to have that big change quickly you want to you want to uh have your um dream appearance and your dream body in overnight with little effort or with as little effort as possible and that's not how it happens so just like with any change that you make for your health 
and and this also applies to democracy you can only get it and you can only maintain it by sustainable long-term habit changes so that means you have to do the everyday work you have to show up every day and the showing up every day is the hard part but it's the only thing that works so that's my second takeaway for 2022 this is um i was going through our past episodes while putting together my list and this episode, the episode that we did with Ruben Carranza, it didn't make it because we released that in 2021, but it was December, so I felt like it could be a part. But Ruben, he works closely with the International Criminal Court, and we were talking all about, you know, how do you get justice for people who have been oppressed by their governments, etc. And, you know, Ruben works within the institutions, and he's an expert at that. And what he had to say to us is that you can't depend entirely on institutions. You can't depend only on the ICC. You can't depend only on the legislature. You can't depend on the laws. You can't depend on them completely. You have to do the work. Um, I think it was Professor Ole Thornquist, who we interviewed this year, who said that social problems need to be met by social movements. So that is my takeaway. My second, my top two takeaway for 2022, there is no solution except for organizing. You have to show up every day and do the mundane work for yeah. democracy. Definitely. As you mentioned, we need resolutions. But mm -hmm. the root mm -hmm. word for resolution is resolute. True. Oh, so my God. That's so resolute. smart. Yes, you're right. Wow. Words. You need to be firm on those, yes. on those convictions. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. also a good point that you mentioned, Donna. You mentioned about these institutions. But, they're gone. Okay, go on, go on. What I mean about institutions, ju just institutions are lifeless concepts. Mm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. as much as institutions don't protect human rights, it's the people who are who are inside those institutions are the yeah. ones and believe mm. in the values of those institutions who, who fight for human rights. I, mm. I I have this like a, um this analogy. Institutions are like a castle. Okay. So there, a, a, a castle is only impregnable by the number of people or troops that are defending that castle. Mm, okay. Right? Yeah. There's no if there's no one inside that castle, you can easily take over that castle. Yeah, like no matter how, how well designed, no matter how yeah, how well designed, designed it is, it will it so will. So you be... need you need people who are organized to go inside those institutions. So mm. this also speaks of why you have to have. Uh, um, engagement in elections, but mm. you also have organized so yep. engagement with social movements. But you also yep. have to have them um, committed to those values as well. And as as we said, as we mentioned a while ago, there seems to be also a problem with getting people to be um, attracted or be energized by those messages. So there's also something that we have to do better in the future. Mm. Yep, agree. Let's hear your number two. Okay, so my number two, or in this case, the number what? Number eight. Oh, okay, yeah. List. Um, is It's a reflection on what's happened, specifically to our country here in the Philippines, that it, we can see uh, we've seen a full circle of our fortune, our political fortune. So we did um, we did a interview with uh, Robert uh, Bobgar, Robert Garcia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, esteemed uh, member of 
um, human rights community, also mm. a progressive. It's on the impact importance of the uh, EDSA revolution that overthrew the Marcos dictatorship. But just a couple of months later, we also had a we had a very bad news. Um, we had an interview with uh, Rafaela David, uh, president of Akbayan in the Philippines, on the possibility of the that what eventually happened was the uh, election of Marcos Marcos's uh, son, Bongbong Marcos, into the presidency. So it seems mm -hmm. ironic that the same year that we were discussing, like the 34th anniversary of, of EDSA, the EDSA mm. revolution, it seems to be that the fortunes of the Marcoses has, you know, gone back, come back to, to the center of power. So it's an mm. irony that it's a 180 degree turnaround for, for Philippine democracy. And it talks about, I think one key takeaway there is, you know, um, if, if there's always a possibility for again in connection to the backslide backsliding in democracy there's always a possibility that um elections or our political fortunes can go back to where they were um mm -hmm. can things can always regress and yeah. it's it's something I, I i'd like to say that i have answers to this but i was talking to you a while ago that is more of something that you know that's just a reflection point of reflection that going to bring forth more questions that are still yeah. being answered yeah and those and questions are also bringing forth more questions so it's not something that i have answers right now I'd, true i don't know if you have any answers i'd like to yeah get oh of course about. not of course not i just have comments that lead to even more questions like i remember the conversation yeah i know right like this is this is what life is we're gonna we can have a fun episode about like we will go back to ancient Greece and then try to spin it into something about socialism. But I remember the banter that we had after recording our episode with Professor Ole. And you said something that was so funny, which is that there is this assumption among uh, among progressives that we're we're gonna win in the end. That like, you know, when this is all over and like, you know, I'm vaguely gesturing to the way like the political order right now, when all of this is over, it's gonna be a progressive it's not going to be a progressive utopia, but it's going to be progressive. And then you said, like, but what if it's not? And oh, my God, yeah, that's so exactly. right. <laughs> it's so predeterminist. It's almost Ooh. Calvinist too, to an extent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you sure that in this story, it, we're, the, we're the heroes? This How can so you be so funny. sure? Oh, my God. Yeah. Woo. And yeah, so... Yeah, I'm, that brings me back to number three, expand your mind. Anyway, like everything that we're talking about is just, you know, so the thing about like, you know, oh, we're going to win. No, we're not. Don't do that. Okay, that's how we're going to lose. And like the, the four things that I've said and the four things that Carlo has said, they all say that, that you shouldn't, you know, assume that we're going to win. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Is it time for number ones? Yeah, for your, uh, yeah. how about what's last on your yeah. list? If you don't mind, I want to say my number one and then you say your number one and then let's talk so that we can have more of a conversation about it together. Um, Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, okay. Actually, no, go ahead. So what's your number one and then I'll say mine. Yeah, my number one, a reflection on the importance of social movements in social democratic parties. So mm. uh, this one key takeaway that we got from um numerous interviews uh of course we had a discussion we had a talk with professor oli turnkist mm -hmm. but we also had a discussion of course with uh <clears throat> excuse me with um the state of democracy 
Um, yeah. Lena, uh, was, I believe. Uh, Lena, but that was last year, uh, December, I mm-hmm. think. But it's mm-hmm. still important, especially now. Yeah. yeah. All right. And My of, number, go on. Sorry. Yeah. And. And of course, and, and, and the last um, episode we did with um, Sondang on, in, on, on the yeah. post democracy post uh suharto legal institutions yeah. and how they were mm-hmm. created nothing my takeaway is nothing comes out you know just out of nothing Pe- these things institutions are created and most of the time for if you want progressive changes it has to be led with it has to be led um with and by social movements so mm-hmm. social True democrats me. have to lead that movements have to be a very important fundamental part of that equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one takeaway for 2022 has something to do with the podcast, also personal advice, which is lean on your comrades and let them lean on you. So, yeah, that's just basically very... Um, it has to do with like the, the things that both you and I said about like having stamina and organizing... But yes, uh, you like you said so earlier that um, institutions are made of people, and it's the same thing with social movements. It's the same thing with um, with all of the changes that we want to make. They're gonna be made of people, and this is my input that it is your responsibility as a progressive, as a socialist, as a social democrat, to be happy. <laughs> Uh, I I've, I I'm gonna ask you to help me out here. But who's that author? Who's I'm gonna try to search for it right now. Now, what's the point of the revolution if we can't dance? Uh, you're, so, I think that's either Emma Goldman. Is that yeah, Emma Goldman? Yes. So, Wait. but yeah, basically, like the whole point is that we are not just looking for. We're not just looking to change. Yeah, Emma Goldman. Yeah, we're not just looking to change the social systems. For the sake of changing the social systems, the reason we want to do that is because we want life to be better. And yeah. life being better involves people being happy. Don't, yeah, don't so, burn yourself out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't be so, grim. Don't be... Don't be... Um, too, don't oh, be too grim. Don't be too grim. Yeah, don't yeah. be too grim. Don't be too... Yeah. Um, you want to be a martyr, you know, a martyr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's what Kate, one lesson I learned, but uh, and one of when I was uh, growing up in the movement, uh, mm-hmm. martyrdom is a, you know, the demand for martyrdom, the desire for martyrdom. It, that's it, that's that's not a socialist trait. It's a very Ac- fascist. Yeah, I agree. It's, a fascist it's also trait. it's also selfish in a way yeah. because, you know, I mean. Okay, I'm. Go- this is gonna be so emo teenager. Or actually, no, it's not because Annie Lennox said it. Um, dying is easy. It's living that scares me. So you yeah. know what I mean. It's like showing up every day. That's hard. Like I'm not saying that like dying for something is a small thing, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And show your appreciation for people who show up. So I. Yeah. Oh thank my God. You, yeah. So I want. Yes. Up. I want to express my gratitude for Carlo and also for everyone who's been on the podcast and who's listened. To uh, um, uh, your number one take about you know social movements. I think that's so interesting, and I think that we might have potential for an episode. Like we already had an episode before about labor, but. You know, we're seeing it now. There's like a resurgence of labor unionism, of people wanting to unionize all over the world. 
in this day and age. And I find that so exciting. Like, I think maybe we can talk about where it came from, where it can go, possible resources we can make for anyone listening to the podcast who might be interested in, you know, organizing in that manner. But yes, you said it, I said it, organizing is important. So we can we can now continue thanking all of the people in our lives yeah. who make yeah, us and this our... podcast possible. Yeah, maybe we can have like one last message. So Oh yeah. Yeah, that's um, the last. We never do that. That's our top it's one. Our that's turn. our top our, one. Yeah. Yeah, it's our turn to uh, give yeah. our message. My okay. The uh, the piece of advice that I want to give in relation to my top five. So my number one was lean on your comrades, which is that, um, try to be around people. So the alternative is you know isolation. It's bad for you to be isolated, like mental health, socially. So I want to invite everyone listening to really make the effort to be around people who make you happy. I did that last year and, you know, it's really worked out for me. Every time I spend time with my comrades, every time I spend time with my friends, I feel a little bit more healed, which is, I think, so valuable in when you when you live in a world that is falling apart or when you live your life feeling like the world is falling apart around you. So, you know, getting to record this podcast with Carlo, hanging out with our comrades, seeing Carlo in person, hanging out with people in person. It's just there's nothing. It's medicine of the best quality. And of course, you know, that's I'm not a doctor, so I just want to put that out there. But yes, I invite people to be in community with others as much as you can, because all we have is each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my key takeaway, I, I, I think that's important. Uh, key mm. takeaway is that the, you know, the life goes on, and yeah, you know, we'll we'll find different struggles to continue. So, uh, I'd like to borrow that. Wait, I, I'm gonna murder this. Uh, there's mm-hmm. this line. Okay, so this there was this there's this quote by um uh, again another reference to Andor. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the character Luthen, right? He, he mentioned like I've made my mind a sunless space. I burned my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. It's mm-hmm. a bit dark, but I think mm-hmm. the message here is for progressives. We might, you know, sometimes that the the victories that we want will not be the ones that those are not the victories to be able to be enjoy. Yeah. Sometimes the victories that we were able to enjoy. Are the fruits of the struggle of people who came before us yes 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 so if we struggle now we have to be mindful that it's not for us it's for mm-hmm. future generations and mm-hmm. without being too pessimistic about these things it's just how things are you know mm-hmm. so society history doesn't work on human history length it's really takes decades decades mm-hmm. uh, it takes decades takes centuries yeah even if our lives are just you know just a flicker mm-hmm. uh, um another thing um yeah with with that can i just take the opportunity to also say thanks and because you meant you mentioned a while ago learn to lean on people and appreciate mm-hmm. people so mm-hmm. that's my appreciation for all the people who've been part of Sokdem asia and been supportive of this podcast so of course uh kasi but also our team in Sokdem asia yes. for, mm-hmm. uh, network coordinator Mahrez, but also marlon Bea, mm-hmm. and also kiko and uh nando and mm-hmm. also all the other people been all the other people from the different parties that they've worked with us and who you know make um our work in the network possible absolutely 
I'm sorry, I'm quiet because I don't want to get emotional. But yeah, this has been our episode. So this is our year-ender episode on the Sockdom Asia podcast for 2022 with our top five takeaways per person from me and Carlo. Our top 10 takeaways for 2022. So okay. I th- yeah, this is so weird. We this is the first episode we've ever done without a guest. So we've given our messages. No, we, so we we I, we also, yeah. <laughs> we usually don't do this because we we are kind of conscious that we're there's might not there might not be something that we'd be able to talk about. Then yeah, we realize yeah. that as people, both of us were naturally talkative. Mm-hmm. So actually, it's not true. We're, we you can actually do an entire episode without without guests, but of course we don't do mm-hmm. that because yeah, there's a lot of things that we don't know and we want to mm-hmm. learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, basically, so I want to thank everyone who has been with us throughout the year. Even if you've just been with us through this podcast, we hope that it was value adding for you or if it was entertaining or if it made you feel something and you appreciated what it made you feel. Thank you. We appreciate that. So uh, advanced Happy New Year to everyone and advanced Happy New Year to you, Carlo. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to our episodes in 2023. Advance Happy New Year and Progressive New Year. And don't forget to uh, follow our socials mm-hmm. on Facebook. Subscribe mm-hmm. to this uh, podcast on Spotify and other platforms. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, just send us an email. Mm-hmm. It's on the podcast details. So that's yes. it. Thank you, everyone. And have a Happy New Year. And take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.